Welcome to the Full Dig Podcast. This is the first in our series on the Ten Commandments called No Other Gods. I'm your host, Pastor Kirk Sexton from Mountain View Presbyterian Church, and each week I will be joined by Pastor Bruce Johnson from Mountain View, and we will lead you on a full dig of the weekly sermon and biblical text. The Full Dig will provide our listeners with greater insights into the Bible and its context. Well, welcome to our first ever episode of The Full Dig. I am Kirk Sexton, pastor at Mountain View Presbyterian Church, and we have Pastor Bruce Johnson with us, also pastor of Mountain View Presbyterian Church on the North Campus. It's great to be with you, Kirk. Well, it's great to have you, Bruce. I think that you have probably more experience being on podcasts than I do. So, I have a little, but uh, this is a new thing, having our own podcast. Yeah. Why don't we tell the people why this came about and what is the purpose? Well, we were talking about how when you have a 20-minute sermon, you don't get a chance to really get into the biblical passage uh, very much. Sometimes you have a chance to explore that in small groups, which we hope to be doing uh, this new year. But we thought maybe if we have a podcast, we can get into some of the history and archaeology and just all the bi- uh, background of people that have gone before us trying to understand Scripture. And the Ten Commandments, which is our theme at the start of 2022, seemed like a good place to begin, mm-hmm. going a little bit deeper, yeah, digging definitely. a little bit deeper in Scripture. Yeah, so the, the the name, Full Dig, you might want to explain a little bit about that. It does have some archaeology. Right. And, and, of course, I was uh, trained in Near Eastern archaeology when I was in college and studying in Jerusalem, um, both in the classroom work and the field work of archaeology. And that gave me a, just a really open window you know, into the lives of people that lived in the Bible, really convicted me and convinced me that people that lived in the Bible were people, just like uh, you and me today in the 21st century. They had less technology, but they had hopes and dreams and, and trying to work things out in their lives, trying to follow God and in sometimes uh, smooth waters and sometimes rough waters. So uh, I thought it was helpful. So we'll try to draw in, uh, in those insights when they're relevant and when we don't get too carried away with that, you know, we, really we study scripture so that we can live that in our lives and uh, follow God and follow Jesus Christ more faithfully. So we don't want to lose sight of that. So we are beginning uh, these midweek sermon study groups, MSG, and uh, they're starting on Wednesday the 12th. It sounds like a food additive, doesn't it? it MSG. Does. I think it is. <laughs> But um, how could people that, let's say some people have committed to being in, a, uh, in one of these midweek study groups, what, how would they use this podcast maybe? Well, I think it helps as a background. You know, we'll uh, listen to the sermon each week, and then the uh, podcast will give a little more insight into the uh, background of each text. Uh, we're going through the Ten Commandments, so you know, just a verse or two per week really. But a chance to have that background and then say, okay, now that I understand the text a little bit better, how do we live this out? And that's a great thing to do in a small group setting. Yeah, very good. Well, um, I did have a number more uh, 
uh, signups for my group, and I saw that you had some more too. So I think we're going to have several full groups. We should add uh, uh, Pastor Drew is going to have a group that's online. So maybe you're someone that consumes Mountain View content, but you live in Iowa or Canada or Virginia. Uh, You could probably be a part of Drew's study group if you'd like to do that. And um, also, uh, we're going to make this available on various um, platforms. We'll have this probably on the Apple podcast list. And also, you can link to it from our website. So that's that's the plan, provided uh, I pushed record and we have got this edited and, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get it up to various places for people to, to consume it. That sounds great. Well, our first week, um, Drew kind of kicked off our uh, series and gave us a, a really good overview. And if you haven't heard Drew's sermon, you can find that on YouTube, our YouTube channel. But um, he did uh, a great overview of, in uh, he did four hundred years in three minutes, which I was in, I I was entertained by, but also I thought he did a great job. He he did do a great job and and very lighthearted, uh, dealing with a lot of complex things in a short period of time. So yeah, not easy. Two, two thumbs way up for Drew. Right, and then um, last week uh, Sunday the ninth, Pastor Steve Beard began to uh, get into the Ten Commandments. And one thing you said to me, Bruce, last week when we uh, were in our office suite, we have uh, opportunities to share what we're thinking and learning as we study. Uh, One of the things you said to me is that the prelude is so important for the understanding of the entire context of the Ten Commandments. Maybe you could share that. Yeah, so the Ten Commandments, we find them twice in Scripture, in Exodus chapter 20, and then the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5. So basically the same uh, Ten Commandments, but the prelude is a little bit different in each. Uh, A little longer in Deuteronomy, which is the second telling of the Ten Commandments to a new generation of the children of Israel uh, who had been born uh, in the wilderness and before they entered the Promised Land. And the first telling of Ten Commandments... um, as the children of Israel had come out of bondage and out of slavery. And, and that's the context of the preamble. Um, uh, we read it in Exodus 20, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So right there you have uh, the tone of the whole Ten Commandments. This is the God who has already been a redemptive God, a God who has saved his people, God who cared enough to be involved in their lives and uh, getting them out of a tight spot to a place of safety. So it's really talking about the love of God and the commitment of God to us, which is a great context. And Pastor Steve really picked up on that in a sermon this past week, uh, that it's really uh, the God who loves us that gives these commandments. And you can think about you know, any relationship of love that we have you know, with our spouse, uh, uh, in the context of a family. There are certain... Um, expectations, demands, and hopes that come out of that. If there's no expectation or demands, well, that doesn't sound very loving. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be kind of uh, casual acquaintances, but, but not in a loving relationship. And the God who uh, gives us these Ten Commandments really wants to be in that loving relationship with us. 
I was thinking in the context of raising children, is it loving to just let them do whatever they want to do? That's chaos. Yes. <laughs> That's Sometimes right. even when you set down the rules, yeah, exactly. raising kids is chaos. Yeah. 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 And when I, was, uh, when I was in seminary, I remember studying this is, uh, as part of our ethics class. Hmm. And we had to memorize a, uh, the entire Ten Commandments. Um, but he insisted that we memorize the prelude in addition to uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Right. And, and uh, rightly so that you had to in- memorize that prelude. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember uh, first learning the Ten Commandments when I was in kindergarten in Sunday school. And uh, we must have had a Lutheran curriculum at that point because we got to the end of the Ten Commandments and we had as the final two commandments, uh, commandment number nine, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And then commandment number 10, you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. And uh, the question was, well, why do you have it twice? You have don't commit adultery and then don't covet your neighbor's wife. And the answer for a kindergartner at that point was, well, it's because it's an important commandment. That's why it's twice. (laughs) But that's an example of how the 10 commandments are divided differently uh, in different traditions. And even here in the preamble and the first commandment, uh, we see that divided differently. Um, in um, older Jewish tradition, the preamble was the first word. Um, when you go into the original Hebrew and then ha- the early translations from Hebrew into Greek, it's not 10 commandments, it's 10 words. Mm. So the first word uh, in Jewish understanding is not, you shall not have a any other gods before me, the first word is, I'm the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, the land of slavery. Mm. So uh, it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, uh, if people are listening to this podcast and they're raised in a Jewish tradition or a um, Lutheran tradition, and we talk about the first commandment or the last couple of commandments, it's just something to keep in mind. So uh, today, when we're talking about the first commandment, we mean the commandment, you shall not have any other gods before you. So that's the first thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, you would think the Ten Commandments are pretty simple, and, and they are in terms of um, some good basic teaching. Um, but you can get um, off if you don't pay attention to details like that. Mm-hmm. Not something that's crucial, but something that's kind of interesting to note. Pastor Steve mentioned in his sermon that the shall not sounds like so such a negative you shall not, and, and uh, in his sermon he talked about um, that Calvin made a point to say that, if I paraphrase what Steve said, that there is a promise. You shall not, but right. the promise is that, that I, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be your God. I want to be that God. I remember the situation when our kids were little. We told them, don't run out into the street. And uh, we were in some card shop and uh, there was something going on that was exciting. So our, one of our daughters rushed out into the street. We had to uh, rush out and capture her before she went into oncoming traffic. And that was a scary thing. There's a reason why we said, you know, don't run out in the street, you know, stay close. Um, and that opposite way of looking at the commandments is important. Uh, God loves us. God doesn't want us to have a life of misery, but a life of joy and fulfillment and peace. 
And these commandments are in that context of God's love. God cares about us. God cares about you, Kirk. Oh, it's good to have uh, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, to, uh, to care about lowly old Kirk. So I, I, I'm happy about that. There you go. Um, you were mentioning, um, uh, too, that in Jewish tradition, they actually have more than just Ten Commandments. Is that correct? Well, well they have, uh, after the Ten Commandments, you have um, a different kind of commandment. Uh, uh, the Ten Commandments are uh, apodictic. You shall, you shall not. And then you have um, case law, casuistic laws. Mm. If this is the case, then this is what you do. Mm. You know, if you um, are there chopping wood and the axe handle comes off and, and uh, it flies out and hits your neighbor, what do you do? Are, are you guilty of murder? Well, no, but it's manslaughter. And what do you do in a situation like that? Or, um, you know, other situations, if then. So you have for the next three chapters, Exodus uh, chapters 21 through 23, are all these other laws uh, that uh, are if-then kind of things, which makes sense. You have kind of the general principles, and then you say, well, what do you do in particular situations? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have uh, an area principle, kind of a overarching area principle. Right. Um, sort of like uh, do unto your neighbor as you would have him do unto you. Is that right? Right. That'd be kind of an overarching. And then there's very specifics like do not kill, right? Uh, do not covet. Right, and because you know, Jewish tradition has been trying to keep all these laws uh, for a long time, they have counted how many commandments there are in the first five books of the Bible, the, the Torah, uh, the books of Moses. So there are 616 different commandments. 365 of those are negative commandments and kind of the you shall not. And then 248 are positive commandments. And that works out nicely in terms of uh, things to remember to, to how many are one way and how many the other. So in Jewish tradition, 365, um, the negative commandments, that corresponds with the days in a solar year. And in, in, uh, as the rabbis explained this, 248 positive commandments, that's the number of bones in the human body. Now, before you, you know, post your comments and call in, yes, I know that the number of bones in the human body varies. You know how many ribs you have if you're a larger person or a smaller person and, and things like that. Uh, they vary, but that's kind of a round number and helps uh, remind that. And a lesson that, you know, this is well planned out. Yeah. Uh, God's uh, that's very law interesting. to us. Yeah. I, I had not... I was not aware of that. That's uh, new information for You never counted up all those commandments. I never counted up all my bones either. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, yes. you know. You, you would fail a college kinesiology class, I suppose. <laughs> yes. But that's okay. All right. Well, um, what do we... Um, I remember, you know, there's been laws in history. Um, like, what is the... Uh, the steel of Hammurabi, right? Hammurabi, yeah. Hammurabi. Hammurabi. One of those names, yes. One of those. Um, what is the historical context for the Hebrew people? Is there any? Uh, 
Well, the, the Ten Commandments, they, they, they look at this as a kind of a touchstone. And, of course, we look at it as a touchstone, too. Um, when um, you're teaching a new follower of Christ, well, how do we live? Uh, the tradition has been for uh, many centuries in the West. There's three things you concentrate on. You concentrate on the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and um, let's say Ten Commandments, Lord's Prayer, and the Apostles' Creed. In the Eastern tradition, they concentrate on the Nicene Creed, of course, but mm -hmm. we in the Western tradition, the Apostles' Creed. And that's a good place to begin a kind of basic Christian teaching about who God is and what does God expect of us. Okay. Now, um, we are part of the, uh, the, the covenant order. I, you know, it's, it, it seems like we changed the name because it used to be the Evangelical Covenant Order of Presbyterians, but now I think they call it the Covenant Order of Evangelical Presbyterians, which is no longer eco anymore, isn't it? It's, it's, Maybe we just keep on forgetting what the proper name is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably it. Maybe. Um, well, evangelical's gotten such a bad rap, so that's right. maybe why. Uh, um, very misunderstood these days. Sure. Yeah. But we have, um, as part of our denomination, some essential tenets that we subscribe to and we believe. Our elders uh, read and study them and also um, agree um, to these uh, tenets. And I see here that uh, we have... Um, some notes in here about some standards uh, that we have as a denomination. Right. So when you go through those essential tenets, that's uh, something that we say, here's our faith statement. And we want all the officers in the church, all, all the pastors, all the elders, all the deacons, um, people who are ordained in our denomination to say, yep, we agree to abide by these things. And at the end of that um, statement, there's... Uh, 10 or 11 different sections talking about who is God, what do we believe about God and humanity, um, scripture, uh, how do we order our lives together. At the end of that, there's a discussion of the Ten Commandments. And it's really great because they're trying to avoid all the churchy words, but say, well, how do we live these out? If these are so f foundational for our life as followers of Christ, what does it mean? So when it gets to that part of talking about the Ten Commandments, um, it says, uh, progress in holiness is an expected response of gratitude to the grace of God, uh, which is a great way to, to phrase it. If we're going to try to do what God wants to do, it's an expression of gratitude. God loves us. God has given us grace. God has forgiven us. Mm. Uh, God has uh, set us on a good path. And as a response to what God has already done, I want to do what God says is right. So they'll, I'll go through the Ten Commandments and, and focus on, well, how do we apply that now in the 21st century? The Essential Tenets is a 21st century document. Mm -hmm. So for that first commandment, what they say is, worship God alone, living all of life to his glory, renouncing all idolatry and all inordinate loves that might lead us to trust in any other help. I think that's a great summary. It's really about where do I put my trust? Mm. Uh, do I trust my own uh, resources, my own intellect? Uh, do I trust uh, uh, 
of a philosophy, a political philosophy, uh, a philosophy of another kind? Or do we really trust God? Hmm. Pastor Steve did a great job in his sermon of kind of drawing that out, I think, um, asking us to do some evaluation about our lives. Um, what do we dream about was one of the questions he had. Right. And then he had another one um, looking at our financials. Uh, what does our checkbook say about what we believe and uh, who we believe in? Right. And what does our appointment calendar mm-hmm. say about that? Uh, they, that gives us an indication about what we contemplate. What do we mull over? What do we focus on? And his last question, uh, what am I living for? Mm. Uh, what, you know, that, that vector that I'm headed towards, what, what's that about? What does that say about what's really important to me? Mm. And if we put our eggs in the wrong basket, we'll be disappointed. You know, and we, we've known people um, who have focused on one goal and then achieved that goal, and then all of a sudden it wasn't as fulfilling as they thought it was. Uh, it's really easy to put our, get our focus on the wrong thing. Yeah. And this first commandment is, let's get our focus on the right thing. Let's start out on the right foot, so to speak, each day. Well, and I, I really like what the denomination has put, too. It says, um, as we practice the discipline of regular self-examination and confession, we are especially guided by the Ten Commandments. We therefore hold one another accountable to these these things that you mentioned, the worship of God, living all of life to his glory, renouncing all idolatry and all inordinate loves that might lead us to trust in any other help. So Pastor Steve did that in his sermon, asked us to do a little self-examination. And in the study guide for this week, he asks us to do even some more uh, self Examination. The so, unexamined life is not worth living. Ah. Yes, and, and we want to examine our lives so that our lives can be richer and deeper and more fulfilling and more glorifying to God. So where do these uh, essential tenets, uh, where, where do they come from? I mean, I know this is a discussion of the, of the Ten Commandments, but are they, are they rooted into other areas of the, of the Reformed faith, other documentation? Sure. Uh, reform, the form branch of Christianity is a part of Protestantism. You would have, uh, you think, maybe four main branches of Protestantism. You had the pre-Protestant Reformation uh, that took place in the Church of England, where they broke away from the Roman Catholic Church, um, mainly so that they could have a male heir for uh, the British throne, and we know that story. And then uh, we had Martin Luther and what he was doing in uh, the German counties and the German country. We have uh, people that would flock to Geneva to hear what John Calvin uh, was doing. One of those people that came to hear John Calvin was um, John Knox, who took that to Scotland, and that's how we get the term Presbyterianism from um, what Knox was doing in Scotland. Then you have the Radical Reformation, where they said, gosh, it's so, um, so much has gone wrong in the church in the West, the Roman Catholic Church, so we need to make a complete break. So they started to rebaptize people that had been baptized before. Mm. And that caused a lot of 
trouble, a lot of heartache for the early Anabaptist Christians. So the Reformed uh, branch of Christianity are people that are trying to uh, reorder our lives constantly by the Word of God as the Holy Spirit guides us. Uh, so from that tradition, you have different faith statements like the Westminster Confession of Faith, the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism, the Larger Catechism, uh, the uh, Heidelberg Catechism that uh, we use sometimes. Yeah. And catechisms are all question-answer format. Mm -hmm. So the Heidelberg Catechism and the Westminster uh, Catechisms Shorter catechisms have questions answers about the Ten Commandments that uh, I think are pretty helpful. Yeah, I noticed uh, we have uh, in our notes uh, a couple of that I think would be helpful for us. Um, how do so in our tradition, especially now in eco, um, how are we as pastors, elders? officers in the church, how are we guided by these confessions that were written so many years ago? Well, that's a great question. So we have the essential tenets. We've said that we want everybody that is an officer or a leader of a major ministry in the church to agree to abide by uh, the essential tenets. In addition to those, we have these statements that happened before the 21st century uh, that have a lot of wisdom. So those are confessional standards in eco, that is, they're lifted up and said, you know, these are good to refer to, uh, back to to help you understand uh, uh, our theology a little bit better in terms of what can we say truly about God and life and ourselves and uh, what God wants. Mm -hmm. So they're used as guidance for us, but we don't have to abide by any particular of these confessional standards outside of the essential tenets. I did a study with my men and uh, just about killed them. But we. <laughs> <laughs> this is your we, men's Bible study. My men's Bible study, right. yeah. So we did a study, and it took us, it took us I think, almost four years of, uh, of going through the larger uh, Westminster Confession of Faith. Right, which was originally written for adults, right? Shorter yeah. catechism for children, larger catechism for adults. But that was really a rich, rich study, and uh, I think we learned a lot about, you know, it was like systematic, systematic theology, really, um, and it was really, I think, beneficial for the guys that uh, um, were able to stick it out, those that are still living. So uh, why don't we share what uh, some of our catechisms or some of our confessions have to say about the Ten Commandments? Sure. Well, let's start with the Heidelberg Catechism. And the question uh, there, question 94, is what does the Lord require in the first commandment, meaning the first commandment of the Ten Commandments? And the answer there is that I must avoid and flee all idolatry, magic, enchantments, invocation of saints or other creatures because of the risk of losing my salvation. Mm. I ought to properly acknowledge the only true God Trust in him alone. In humility and patience, expect all good from him only. And love and fear and honor him with my whole heart. In short, I should rather turn my back on all creatures than do the least thing against his will. That is, it's a, 
It's kind of convicting, isn't it? Well, it's very focused, isn't it? Mm. It really says, well, what do we mean? If I live that out, what, what would that be like? And then the follow-up question, uh, what is idolatry? And the answer there is, idolatry is to put my trust in something I imagine or possess instead of or alongside of the one true God who has revealed himself in his word. In the Jewish tradition, when they come to idolatry, you know, after the Babylonian captivity, uh, the Jewish people as a culture didn't have uh, uh, the trouble, the pull uh, that they historically had towards other gods and goddesses uh, and to the crafting of idols. And so it became in Jewish teaching from that point on, idolatry was uh, worshiping money. Um, that That's bad. That is as corrupting as the false gods and goddesses were. Hmm. Um, but anything that we put yeah, our trust in rather than God is going to be corrupting for our inner life. How about those things that even distract us from our focus on God, too? You know, there's yeah. electronic devices, podcasts, all sorts of things, <laughs> good, right? Yes. We're contributing to uh, people's distractions. Ho hopefully not. Hopefully not. Right. Hopefully. Well, let's look at the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism now as uh, as uh, a kind of a, a reflection and or um, study of the Ten Commandments. Well, it really breaks it down. First, talking about what what is our duty to God, uh, what has God revealed to us, what's the rule God has revealed to us. Uh, what is the moral law, right and wrong? What's the summary of the Ten Commandments? And then what are the Ten Commandments themselves, the preface, and then going through the commandments? So it starts out uh, with, with the question, what is the duty which God requires of humanity? This is uh, question 39. Right, of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And the answer is, the duty which God requires of humanity is obedience to his revealed will. That is, God has shown us what is good and right and true. That's God's revealed will. There's some things that God hasn't revealed. When is Christ going to return to earth? God has not revealed that. But right. things God has revealed, let's, let's stick to that. Let's, right. let's do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So the next question, what did God at first reveal to humanity for the rule of his obedience? And the answer, the rule which God at first revealed to humanity for his obedience was the moral law. Which raises a question, uh, what is the moral law? Right. I was thinking about uh, this week in, in uh, Romans, Paul talks about the idea that the, the law is imprinted on even the pagans' hearts, right? That, right. Uh, um, that there is this moral law that everyone has, this, this imprint. Right, uh, which uh, has been poo-pooed at, at different points uh, in our postmodern era where people say, well, how do we know that there's a universal standard? Uh, but uh, some good work has been done by historians in terms of some things that seem to be constant in all cultures and all histories in terms of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Paul is getting at in Romans. And uh, certainly that's the basis of the moral law here. Mm -hmm. So uh, the summary of the moral law is the Ten Commandments in Reform Understanding. And, and, and that's the question uh, number 42. Mm -hmm. 
and 41 and 42. Where is the moral law? Summarily comprehended. It's in the Ten Commandments. And what's the sum of the Ten Commandments? And it goes into the two great commandments of Christ. Mm. The sum of the Ten Commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all our minds, and our neighbors as ourselves. Right? Yes. And then goes into what's the preface of the Ten Commandments. And it says preface of the Ten Commandments are, and then it quotes the preface. What does the preface of, for the Ten Commandments or to the Ten Commandments teach us? The preface of the Ten Commandments teaches us that because God is the Lord and our God and Redeemer, therefore we are bound to keep all His commandments. Hmm. We're in relationship with God already. Yes. Right. As God's people that have been redeemed, that have been saved, that have been helped by God. And it doesn't need to be a burden. It should be done in uh, joy in uh, because... I think of, uh, again, as, as we raise children, the, I remember that my dad was always really happy when I did well in school. Right. And, uh, and that brought me joy, knowing that he was pleased that I did well in school. So right. that's kind of... But it's easy to forget that. I mean, we've had that experience um, as husbands, you know, where our wives are trying to tell us something and we're distracted, mm. you know, and they pull us back to say, weren't you listening to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that's a, a good uh, call back to what's really important. You know, if, if I love this person with all my heart, yes, I want to listen. Yeah. I want to set other things aside so I can pay attention. Um, but we can do that with you know, the people that we love with all our heart. We can do that with God too, uh, to lose sight of that. You know, we get caught up in the daily grind or our schedule or other things. And so we need to pause and be drawn back. Mm. Yeah. Do we want to continue on uh, to share the rest of this? Or is that you want to save that for episode two and three. Let's save that for episode two and three. Yeah. So that's our teaser for next week. Exactly. Okay. So each week we've decided we're going to have as a regular feature because Steve uh, and Bruce are both scholars of C.S. Lewis and, uh, well, maybe people don't know, but you could share... uh, you have a very impressive background in the C.S. Lewis studies. Well, well, thanks, Kirk. Uh, I'm the general editor of Zane Zook, the C.S. Lewis Journal, and I've just come out with a book called The Undiscovered C.S. Lewis that was published uh, last fall. So I, I've been around the block a time or two with C.S. Lewis. See, got a little book plug. Right there. That's great. Okay. So we're going to have as a regular feature because of well, all of us love C.S. Lewis, and uh, so we're going to have the Le- the C.S. Lewis quote of the day, and uh, why don't you share that? What you've so this is a quote from a letter that C.S. Lewis wrote in 1952. Lewis gave a surprising amount of good spiritual advice in these letters. Um, he would spend hours a day answering all of the fan mail he received, uh, which started uh, early uh, in World War II, Hmm. and he took the time to write back to people that wrote him. 
So one lady writes to him and she's worried about, gosh, what if I love my late husband more than God? You know, how do I deal with that? So Mm -hmm. his practical advice to her was, to love you as I should, I must worship God as creator. When I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. Insofar as I learn to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God and instead of God, I shall be moving towards a state in which I shall not love my earthly dearest at all. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but increased. Oh, that's, that's great. Good practical wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. How kind it was for him to respond to these letters from fans the way he did and in his own pen, right? I mean, yeah, I, it's really remarkable uh, that he's left at that. And, and uh, now that we have more and more of these letters that have come to light, we really see uh, such wisdom there and uh, just the caring, uh, not to be annoyed with people or maybe to get past being annoyed uh, to try to be of aid and help to people. Yeah, maybe I'm too busy, you know, or, you know, you could easily see that. I mean, he probably had many demands on his time, and he chose to write these letters. I just, I'm I'm overwhelmed by that. So reflecting on that, I've come to the conclusion that any day I never know what is the most important conversation I will have. So I really need to be attentive uh, when I'm having a conversation with anyone. Well, and these, um, the second feature, regular feature of our podcast going forward, we're going to have a reformed thought for the day. And uh, I chose um, John Calvin today uh, from his institutes. This comes from the second part, chapter 7 and uh, 8 through 12. I'm going to summarize it. But he gives us three purposes of the law. And uh, he said, first is the law discloses our guilt and we should not despond. So we shouldn't be despondent by it, right? Right. But flee to the mercy of God, he says. And, and I thought that that is really good advice. Uh, the second use of the law is to curb sinners. This most necessary for the good of the community at large, and this in respect not only of the reprobate. I love all his uh, right. <laughs> um, words that we don't use all the time, but also of the elect previous to regeneration. Um, and he says this is confirmed in uh, by the authority of the apostles. And then um, the third is kind of a two-parter. Uh, the third and most appropriate use of the law, he says, um, is that it instructs and teaches them to make daily progress in doing the will of God. And that the second part of that is that it urges them by exhortation to obedience. And I, more and more, I've been thinking about the first use of the law that Calvin talks about. Um, that when we find out that we've done something wrong, it's to drive us to the grace of God. 
I've encountered so many people that knowing that uh, they're imperfect, they're afraid. Mm. Or they're afraid that, you know, if they've done something that God can't forgive or there's no hope for them. And uh, it's, it's really tragic to say. Uh, so we really have to be good as followers of Christ of saying, you know, God really loves us. God really loves us. Mm. He loves us so much he sent Jesus. Right. Don't, don't despair. Yeah. But let me tell you about the hope that we have, the hope that we can have always in Christ mm. and the love of God for us. We should close in prayer. And, and before we do that, let me give you a preview of coming oh. attractions. You know, we were light on archaeology today, and I okay. know some of uh, people listening will want to hear more about archaeology and how that relates to the Ten Commandments. So here's this teaser, and we'll talk about that uh, next time, which is that uh, all of the monuments of ancient Egypt that are so famous, mm -hmm. people go to see, all of them are connected to the worship of uh, people as gods and goddesses. Mm. And uh, we will talk more about that in depth in the uh, coming episodes of this podcast. All right. Well, let's uh, let's pray as uh, we conclude this episode. If would you lead us, Bruce? Love to. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are grateful for your love, which is broad and deep mm. and real. We're so grateful for your love for us. And because you love us, you have expectations about what we will do as your beloved people. Lord, help us to see if we have put anything before you or alongside of you, if we trusted in anything first rather than trusting in you first. May nothing in our lives have that place that only you are meant to have. Help us to be faithful to you. Through Jesus Christ we ask it. Amen. Amen. Amen.